on today's episode of Panel Perfect Podcast, we have Drew Landry, comedian and DJ Booth writer, today to talk about the critically acclaimed Joker. And today with our beautiful host, the long-haired legend himself, producer and host of Panel Perfect Podcast, Max Malaki, joined by his confidant and little baby Yoda, Alex Pappas. <laughs> Pappas does look kind of like Baby Yoda yeah. right now, especially because he's like, he's in a very low chair, you can't see this at home, but... You, you got a great radio voice, by the way. Why, thank While you. listening to it, I was just like, in a trance. I was like, mm. Oh, yeah. That Who's voice. over here just like, well, for quality carpets, I guess it's 555 Empire. Yeah, you could, you could do any commercial and i buy that product. So the first job I got fired from, I actually... <laughs> <laughs> it's great... Uh, I used to fuck with people because I, I was the host, so aside from seating people at um, this restaurant, I would also have to take to-go orders. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as any food service employee does, gains a strong resentment for just people. Yeah. Um, so Humanity people, in general. So I started answering the phone as, Hi, and thank you for calling Old Chicago Eden Prairie. If you'd like to make a reservation, <laughs> please say reservation. If you'd like to order takeout, please order takeout. And then they would just be like, uh, re- reservation. That will be one double decaroni. <laughs> and then, like, see how long it could go. And I, I did it for fucking months. Until oh, it, like, that's incredible. And then an online review came up, like, love the food, but their online order, or their over the phone ordering system is just atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are they talking about? <laughs> You're like, I have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> but then they would fucking lose, like, God damn it, fucking operator, God damn it. I'm like, I'm sorry, I didn't quite get that. <laughs> Let me get you to did one you of say our reservations. Yeah, did you say double decaroni? <laughs> you now have two double decaronis <laughs> in your shopping cart. Would you like to check out or add another double decaroni? <laughs> it is, oh, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It's the fact that it's called the double decaroni, <laughs> too. Like. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> my manager got so mad at me once that we were selling like a medium pizza. And the guy's like, 23 bucks for a medium? I was like, ah, dude, I fuck it now. And manager goes, did you, what did you just say? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, dude, it's $20 for a fucking medium. He's like, you work here. You gotta talk about the ingredients and shit. I was like, I know how that's made. And trust me, I was like, Pablo ain't doing it's shit. A, like, <laughs> it doesn't deserve the $22 yeah. price tag. I'm not gonna pretend it does. It's it's bread, cheese, and marinara, yeah. boss. Like, <laughs> I have a contest. Man, I remember I used to work at... Um, at a pizza place in uh, downtown, like a sit-down pizza restaurant, but we also had like to-go orders. So if you were in a hurry, you could like go, and it was wood-fired pizza, so it cooked up in like five minutes, and you could just like order and wait for your pizza. And some people would try to be cute and put in like fake names. Oh yeah. And I, I would always play around with it. I'd be like, Yeah, I got a uh, medium cheese for Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Luke Skywalker, right here. Luke, this is your pizza. <laughs> this is your Obi Wan Kenobi one to help him out here? It's our only hope at this point. Until we get that pizza. Got a uh, got a large gluten free for Batman. <laughs> Batman Gotham needs you. <laughs> it may not be the pizza you ordered, but it's the one you deserve. And after the Batman, you're like, I got a pizza from Martha, and Batman's like, Why did you say that? <laughs> I always wanted to go to the Argonne Ballroom in Chicago, like, just get a bl- fucking uber black and just, like, dress to the nines, like, super long coat, uh-huh. shooting club, just have, like, this limo pull up to the Argonne Theater, drop two roses, and get back in the car. Uh-huh. Like, dude, did Batman oh. just come in here? Like, dude, I'm pretty sure I just saw Batman. Yeah. 
Oh shit, did somebody just kill Daredevil's father? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I want to do. It's just, just super rich guy put two roses on her thing and just like sit and leave. <laughs> One thing I love about this podcast is even the banter beforehand gets nerdy at some point. <laughs> it's perfect. And speaking of nerdy, oh. we have our very own Drew Landry. Hello. And so before we get into too nerdy, I do have to ask, sir. Yeah. What is your opinion on calligraphy? God, where do I start? First off, uh, what the fuck is it? <laughs> so calligraphy. I've heard that word before. But like, uh, it like script, like the study of like handwriting yeah. oh, okay. and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, I'm for it. I don't know what else to say. That's my only opinion on I it. I like this. I don't Another have opinions person on with calligraphy. strong opinions on calligraphy. Oh, such strong opinions. <laughs> you get me going on calligraphy, I won't stop. I bet you type your papers with fucking Sarah font, too, you motherfucker. Oh, you take that back. <laughs> you fucking take that back, you comic sans motherfucker. Oh, you, you take that pariah pop, <laughs> bullshit and shove it up your ass. Damn. Do you know there is a comic papyrus? There is? Oh, yeah. Really? There's a comic papyrus font. This is exciting. Oh, it's an abomination. <laughs> it's great. Alex, have you been listening to that calligraphy podcast that stole our name again? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, you know what? They do make some good points about sans serif font. <laughs> wait, wait. Is that true? This is true. I, oh, because oh, yeah. I remember you saying the original name, someone else ended up taking it. I didn't know it was a calligraphy podcast. It's a calligraphy yeah. podcast. I don't even yeah. know how you could have a whole podcast about calligraphy. That's oh, fucking you hilarious. Can. People get passionate about yeah. it. Yeah, wow. Like I've seen like angry reaction videos to <laughs> podcast episodes of theirs. I would pay to listen to a room full of calligraphists just getting an argument. Like, bitch, I bet you use Micron. You shut your whore mouth. <laughs> yeah. Well, I picture them debating it the way people would debate movies or music or whatever. <laughs> Like there's snobs that think, oh, Times New Roman is overrated. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, I would never be caught dead using <laughs> I'm Yeah, I'm not for one of these puff pieces on Facebook of writing beautiful on a, with a fucking glue stick. Fuck these guys. <laughs> fucking posers. These hacks. Yeah, these are not even these purists. Fucking hacks. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the respect for the tools? <laughs> oh, God, that's great. I had yeah. no idea. Some asshole with a light bright thinks he's better than me? Fuck <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, uh, what was that called? Do you guys remember? I would never. It was it was always the light a TV. bright. The light bright. I mean. So the light bright was like. Pegged. Oh, you're talking about the etch a sketch? Not the etch a sketch. I like where you guys are going with this though, because <laughs> this is in the category. It was like a black. It was like black, and then you would take like a piece of plastic and like fucking run it over and it'd be all rainbow. I remember. I don't remember oh, the name of it, I but I can totally mean, picture yeah. that. See, I remember it. Yeah. A more clever person would have said that. <laughs> Well, that's a great segue into the <laughs> second question we ask everyone on this show. So, Drew, what, what's kind of your history with uh, with comic books? Is there, like, a time you remember, like, oh, like, I love these, or, like, a particular series that, like, got you into it? Uh, I just remember loving superheroes as a kid, so being big into comic books and begging my parents to take me to the comic book shop. And tell me if you agree with this. One thing I distinctly remember when I would go a lot, when it was like my favorite place, don't comic book shops have a very specific smell? Yes. They do. Like a very specific smell. Yes. And you just walk in, you're like, this is home. Yeah. But I was I was big into them as a kid and a teenager. I don't I don't read as many comics as I used to, but uh, I, I'm still big on comic book movies. I still love all that stuff. See, I haven't actually read comics in years, but I'm just a, a big fan of that, you know, that whole culture. No, yeah, it's crazy, like, the point about the smell, because, yeah, and it's like they have different smells for different rooms. Like, yeah. I remember, 
Um, back where I, I used to live in Chicago, there was um, there was a local shop called Graham Cracker Comics, mm -hmm. and they had two floors actually. They had the main floor and they had the basement at the uh, the Lakeview location. I was about to say, I was like, which? Yeah, I was like, I don't yeah, remember that no, one. Not the downtown yeah. one. Uh, me and Pappas totally did not live in the same neighborhood back in the day. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, like, the main floor was where they had all the new comics, and it smelled, you know, like a bookstore. Like, mm -hmm. you could smell, like, the paper and the ink all nice and fresh. But then if you went down to the basement, like, definitely smelled like old comics, like, nice and musty. Yeah, I guess it's, I don't know, I guess it's the smell of a lot of paper. I don't know. It's, right? yeah, it's yeah. well, it's that, and then like the the plastic. I just feel yeah, like yeah. I think holds, the, all the paper and the plastic it, it just, just creates holds that essence. And yeah, just a very like unique this, smell. You see, the Yankee Candle needs to make the back issue room fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I, but it's funny, like when I when I've been at conventions like selling books, I know I'm talking to a true comic book fan when they take the moment and like don't even care that I'm talking to them and just yeah. Yeah, get like a real yeah, good yeah, fucking yeah. whip of that spine. I'm like, oh, I know, I'm talking to They're real. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's good shit. Yeah. This, guy, this guy's about that life. Yeah. Oh my god, I love it. They're just chasing that high. Yeah. <laughs> so was there ever uh, like a? Do you remember like a storyline that really stuck out, and you ever like go back to like when you think about it, or like was there ever like a run, or? Um, let me think. I distinctly remember, but I don't remember a lot of details. I remember being huge into Thor as a kid. And I remember in like 2007 seeing articles like Thor movie coming out, and I'm like, holy shit! Then it's like expected to come out in 2011. I'm like, what? 2011 is not a real year. <laughs> 2011's never gonna happen. What the fuck? I've heard rumors that that may exist, but it's just a rumor yeah. and nothing more. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, I remember being into that. I remember being huge into Watchmen, but that was that was high school. Oh, that yeah. was like a year before the movie came out, and I was a big fan of 300, the movie, never read the comic book, and all my friends are like, no, he's making a uh, Watchmen movie, have you read Watchmen? I'm like, not yet, he's like, dude, fucking read Watchmen, so I was obsessed with Watchmen for a while, like the movie too, Yeah. I still haven't seen the show, I've heard it's amazing, I, I gotta watch it. I knew me both. But yeah, I love the graphic novel, love the movie, but... Did you read the articles? Uh... Nah, I, there were some parts of the graphic novel I skipped. I'm gonna be honest. I, I don't blame <laughs> you. I was about to say, if like, I, like reading that shit in high school, I was like, fuck extra it's a, reading. It's a like, masterpiece with some skippable parts. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's got some fat. If if uh, what's his name, Alan Moore? Yeah. yeah if he yeah. was if he was a stand up comic, people would be like, yeah, trim the fat, trim yeah. the setup. Well, what is it? Uh, I think uh, what uh, Mark Twain said it. He's like, if I had more time, my, all of my books would be shorter. It's true. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a good way to look at writing. Yeah. Well, speaking of writing, obviously an awesome comedian out here in LA. Um, I don't even know how I'm gonna gonna connect this to comic books, <laughs> but I will ask: Is there a connection between comedy and comic books? Um, good question. I don't know. I I do notice that a lot of comics are into comic books. I do notice it's the same. Even because I talk about comedy so much, when I hear, even right now, talking about comics, my brain still associates it with talking about comedians. Like, let's talk about comics on this podcast. I'm like, cool, Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, <laughs> who are we talking about? 
But yeah, I don't know. Do you think there's a connection? I I can't think of it's a, a immediate one. Although I do remember, and this is a fun little uh, little story of young Max growing up uh, in Chicago. I remember I always used to read like the TV guide to figure out what was on because my parents didn't have cable, <laughs> and I always saw a show. Uh, it was on like uh, Channel Five. It was on NBC like late at night. It was called Comics Unleashed. And I was like, oh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> Are they going to talk about comics? Oh, shit. Is Dan Slott going to be on there and he's going to talk about Spider-Man? You're, you're reading it. And I would turn it on I'm like, oh, it's comedians. You're like, Byron Allen. That's, I've never heard of that superhero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I remember I would always forget that it was a show about stand-up comedians. Yeah. And I Every would see time it, you'd be and disappointed And I would be like, that again. sounds awesome. And I'd be disappointed all over again. <laughs> Felt, they got me. <laughs> Do you know what does have a connection of comics and comedians? Hmm. Joker. Oh, now that's a professional transition if I've yep, ever seen yep. one. And it was great, you know, good uh, good pickup from uh, that totally <laughs> shit question I threw your way. <laughs> Can you make a connection between these two things I can't connect? <laughs> Can you do it was not me? trying to buy himself time. I know. <laughs> think of that somewhere. <laughs> I was like, fuck it. I was like, Max, take this. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Max, take, take the wheel. Max, tell a charming story for the youth. <laughs> Max, tell an adorable story <laughs> quick. Bring out the binder. <laughs> so I do have to say, one, if you've ever bombed at a show, and B, did you want to shoot a late night host afterwards? Absolutely. Okay. Frequently. <laughs> <laughs> Every time after I bomb, I'm like, where's a gun and where's Jimmy Fallon? <laughs> I need to take my anger out on Let's someone Let's all be joyful. honest, of any late night host, he should be the first to die. <laughs> really? You got a room with James Corden and Jimmy Fallon. Oh, no, shooting Fallon? I'm shooting James Corden. I, was I like say. Fallon. James Corden annoys the fuck out I was, of me. Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, I take it back. Jimmy Fallon's delightful. Every, next time I bomb, I'm killing James Corden. <laughs> I was about to be... I was, like, I, I was like, I had a backup argument in everything. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Yeah. I, but, okay, no, actually, let's... let's Quick game. Uh, late night show host. Is it, is it James Corden or we throw in... Uh, ooh. If Carson Daly tried to make a comeback, would you just shoot him out of everyone's, like... I still think James Corden's more annoying. James Corden the only, is the only one I don't like. Like, I love Fallon. I love uh, Seth Meyers, Conan, Kimmel. I love the, And I don't know why I dislike James Corden. I can't give you a reason. But you know how some celebrities yes. just get on your nerves and yeah, you don't know yeah. why? He's one of those. <laughs> no, I get that. He's, uh... Do you know who he reminds me of? Who? Like, the flamboyant drama kid. Oh, absolutely. Who, who was all, yeah? Who was always like super, on? Exactly. Yeah. Like, He's the drama kid that's when always on. When he entered on. a room, he entered. Yeah, exactly. When he had, yeah, he had to work it. Yeah, for our listeners there, I opened my arms. Which yeah. Is... <laughs> Very physical podcast. Yes. It won't translate. No. <laughs> uh, but uh, so I do have so going into the movie. First, I want to say as a comedian, like. I, and like it is small bits though. Did you feel a connection to the character? Like, um, I wouldn't say I felt a connection to the character. Really, I think uh, as a comic, there was something fun about watching a serious comic book movie that involves stand up. Uh, I don't know why, just something about it. And did you did you read the Killing Joke ever before? Yeah, or? and okay. I remember when the movie was announced, I was hoping it would be like the Killing Joke, and it. It was That's similar, was, right? It yeah. was similar too, in that, yeah. yeah, it was the uh, the storyline of just like a, a pathetic guy who's had enough. Yeah, who's a bad comic. 
well, you know when that, that bald, that bigger bald guy handed him the gun, it's like, oh, you should keep this on you. I really thought that was going to keep escalating to the point where he's going to hand him the red hood. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit, we're doing uh, this. Like, I'm fucking in. I do like that it wasn't. I like how the movie was definitely its own storyline. Yeah. It definitely wasn't kind of a slave to a certain comic book. No. Yeah, and you know, that's, that's an interesting question that I want to bring up uh, for the Midnight Society here. Yeah. Um, so, do we think... That it should have been more like connected to uh, comic book Joker and the way he's depicted in the books, or are we really glad that it went its own way and didn't really adhere to anything that was already established in the mythos? Instead, it kind of just took influence from yeah. the comics to craft an original story. Well, uh, I really, for two reasons, I really liked that it was different from the comic books. Number one, I liked that it didn't feel like it was setting anything up. Because I feel like superhero movies, you know, they're all about extended universes now. Yeah, and it was yeah. nice to see a comic book movie that didn't feel like it was setting up ten sequels. But also, I like that this Joker felt different from every other Joker. And that, for lack of a better word, he was kind of dumb. Like, when you even, yeah, even when you yeah. watch, like, The Dark Knight, let's say, or Jack Nicholson's Joker, those Jokers are evil, but they're evil geniuses. Like, they, ha they have these elaborate plans, and yeah. they're one step ahead of everyone else. And this Joker was kind of just this pathetic, crazy, dumb guy who was kind of Mr. Magooing his way through getting away with crimes. See, that's, yes. I know like, was he wasn't a master criminal, he just, like, was lucky that he got away with some murders. You know what I mean? But he was to smart me, was enough really to take credit when it mattered. Though. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was really interesting because this—that's why when people talk about this Batman, this Joker fighting Batman, to me this this Joker feels too kind of emotionally immature and unintelligent to actually defeat Batman. To me, that was really interesting. Yeah. He was kind of like this pathetic man child. Yeah, I re I really like. Uh, I like this a lot, uh, like playing, I don't know if you guys ever did the Telltale Batman series. Yeah, yeah. So I never played the second season because I heard they did some shit with Joker on that. But the first season I really liked um, solely because they really started retconning the Wayne family. Mm. And I liked the idea that like Batman has this psychosis of his parents are these perfect people. Yeah. But if I've learned anything in history, a rich white man is usually not a good person. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, like, I, and, you know, it wasn't like young justice really hit you over the head that, like, this guy's Donald Trump. This is a wealthy man in a city who has influence. Yeah, no, I think. And, yeah. Uh, and exactly what. And, and, and I like that aspect of that, like, it's retconning, even though Batman's not in it. I yeah. like the idea of the Wayne family not being this pristine. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're not likable. Well, I, I think uh, seems like um, Thomas Wayne was kind of supposed to be Trump. In a few ways, but and like they didn't hit you. I remember they, yeah, yeah, they said that he's supposed to be Trump. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it was the right amount. It wasn't like too uh, over the top. Yeah. It wasn't like them trying to be obvious. Yeah. There's no scene where he's like putting on bronzer. Yeah, and, and he's going, like, "We're gonna make Gotham great again. <laughs> it's gonna be great." It's gonna be great. I have but, the best son. Yeah, tremendous son. But he's like, yeah, he's like if this he was ass. Son, I'd probably have sex yeah, with him. He's, this, uh, he's this asshole billionaire who wants to run for office, and he's saying, "I'm the only one that can save you." Like, yeah, that was definitely very. It, you could tell it was supposed to be Trump. I read this really good article. I can't remember where, but it was really cool in that. It was talking about how each Joker, each movie Joker, other than Jared Leto, because fuck Jared Leto's Joker, <laughs> but was representative of the time they were in, in that, um, 
Jack Nicholson's Joker was perfect for the Reagan era because he was this materialistic gangster that loved uh, that loved money and just loved materialistic things. Yeah. And Heath Ledger's Joker was for post 9-11 anxiety because he was this essentially a domestic terrorist that yeah, couldn't yeah. be reasoned with or understood. And jo- how this Joker is perfect for the Trump era because he's just this crazy white man in cell type who just feels entitled the more and goes crazy. And I, I thought that was kind of spot on. So I gotta ask, speaking of Jack Nicholson, is that Jack Nicholson in that? No, it's not. It's uh, Robert De Niro. Never mind. <laughs> but he's also in the movie, so <clears throat> with the save. Have you guys seen Taxi Driver? Oh, yeah. And you could see the influences. Oh, yeah. See, so that's... And do you guys like the movie? Yeah. Oh, I like yeah. Taxi Driver. So you Taxi just destroyed my classic. theory. Oh. No, no, I meant Joker. Oh, yeah. I yeah, love Joker. Yeah. 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 I like Joker. Unfortunately, I've never seen Taxi Driver. And I really thought... My theory was I felt that anyone who hasn't seen Taxi Driver liked, the jo- liked Joker, mm. but who, those who haven't or who have were like, ah, You I could see, see the influence also with... King have you of seen, Comedy. Yeah. Have I've you seen, seen yeah, that? Yeah. King of Comedy is so good, but yeah. I think even uh, what Todd Phillips said that the movie is heavily inspired by Taxi Driver and King of Comedy. And you can yeah. totally see it, especially yeah. King of Comedy. Oh, yeah. But, and so my question, a lot of people are like, because I a lot of the arguments are just like the anti of it. Because like, the thing is like, I came walking out of that movie and I was just like, I like this movie. Like, yeah. I had a good time watching this mm-hmm. movie. Like, I enjoyed it. Yeah, like, my only gripe, in which I think you really justified, was he kind of stumbled into it. Yeah. But like, that's kind of part of what that character is. Yeah, and um, to me that, yeah, that was, that was an interesting choice. Yeah. But with with the people that criticize it like, oh, it's too much, it's just a mixture of ca- Taxi Driver and King of Comedy, any movie you love was inspired by other movies. Well, yeah. Every good movie, every good piece of art is derivative of something yeah. that that inspired it. So I feel like that's a silly oh, argument. Oh, yeah, exactly. I think, I really don't listen to anyone who was like, oh, Joker is just like a ripoff of the King of Comedy because mm-hmm. it's like... Man, like, yeah, every movie is a ripoff of every yeah, other movie. Exactly. You know? yeah. Technically, I think the only reason you're saying that is you're trying to, like, feel good about yourself. I've been like, oh, I know what the kind I, of comedy yeah, is. Yeah, I know film. So mm-hmm. I gotta add, so one thing, and I think I made the connection, but I think, I'm assuming Taxi Driver also has his uh, American Psycho for me a lot. I, I saw that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And it might just be, obviously, the obvious parallel of yeah. we're watching scenes that are happening in his psyche but aren't actually happening. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I got that a little bit. Is that bit. Taxi Driver? Does he have any... I know he goes a little um, insane towards the end but I, I don't think, think he, he starts... If I, I haven't seen it in a while. If I remember right, yeah, he goes insane but I think everything that happens in the movie really happened in so, Taxi yeah. Driver. I don't think it was anything that was just in his head. Yeah. I could be wrong. I could be remembering it wrong but I think everything happens for real. And yeah. Because I, I felt like that, I love that about American Psycho, where you're in the psyche of the main character. Yeah. And I loved, and, and like that's I, one thing I really think out of like as far as the structure of this movie handled great was his descent into madness. Oh yeah. I, oh I, yeah. I think if you know this, this I mean, because that's the thing is like, oh, there's no character arc. It's there's no positive character arc. Yeah, but he really. keeps he starts out bad, but he just keeps getting yeah, worse. I mean, he was you know he was passing. You know, he was yeah. he might have had mental issues, but he was able to go through society, have a job. Yeah. By the yeah. end of it, he's the lead. He stumbled into becoming a lead of an anarchist society. Yeah, and, he, and a murderer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, um... Right, murder. Yeah. <laughs> that too. <laughs> it's really interesting, you know, I think that we were just talking about the killing joke because even though this has narratively next to nothing to do with that novel, 
I think it takes the concept of it and applies it to the Trump era. Mm -hmm. Like, the whole point of the killing joke is the Joker saying, everyone is just one bad day away from becoming Mm -hmm. me. And that's exactly what happens to Arthur in the Joker movie. Absolutely. I'm so glad you said that. I was (laughs) just like, those aren't fucking logic, obviously. I'm just visibly jerking off in the air. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. Shower well, me with your good points. Well, I remember like a year ago, a friend of mine who, to be completely honest, I still think he might have been lying. I'll never know. But he has a job at WB, but I think it's a low job. But he was always bragging about how he'd read scripts early. So he told me he read the Joker script. This was a year ago. And I kind of didn't believe him. But I was like, okay. And he told me it was amazing. And everything he said about it, and it was vague stuff. It wasn't spoilers, but ended up being true. So maybe he did really read it. But I specifically remember asking my first question was, does it have the one bad day arc? And he says, yeah, it kind of does. Yeah. And I mean, that's the most important thing. Because, like, yeah, everyone's like, oh, you need Red Hood for Killing Joke. I was like, no, you just need one bad I would love yeah. to see this go into the Killing Joke. Oh, yeah. Um, obviously, they have to add some storyline. Hopefully, it's not, you know, fucking Batgirl. But, like, you know, <laughs> adding storylines and elements to it would be interesting. But the issue is, like you said, I don't think this Joker is ever meant to fight Batman. Mm-hmm. But I do love the idea. And they, they kind of did this with Hush, but it's rather they were the same, you know, they're both orphans in the same orphanage. Yeah. To be half-brothers and shit, like, that's, that's just a Dark Drake and Josh episode. I <laughs> I, I mean, found a way, I found a way. <laughs> but if you open up your, your mind, it's going to take some time to read. <laughs> the rest of the podcast Wait, is just us singing that on a loop. <laughs> Drake and Joker. So I learned this recently. It's not a take some time. I know. We're still on Drake and Joker. Uh, we'll get back to Joker and you in a minute. No, uh, it's, so I used to think for a long time, it just takes some time to realize but it's, it takes some time to realign. What the fuck? Because li- realign line. Stop, stop the podcast. I, I, need, I need time to process this. <laughs> I've been, and it's so funny. Like this, And how I found out was literally a video of Drake Bell like playing it for somebody. And, like uh-huh. paying for people at a concert. He goes, guys, I'll only do it if you sing it right. And he goes, just to let you all know, it doesn't take some time to realize. It takes time to realign. Everyone's what like, the fuck? <laughs> Collective mind blow. Everyone storms out of the concert. It's like, I don't know what's real anymore. <laughs> but I feel like, I'm uh, standing on the broken shards of my life and they're <laughs> cutting my feet. But I feel like this is the, uh, like, our generation's versions of, like, the good time theme song where everyone, no one knew what hanging in a jury was. But, yeah. like, we all, they all sang it. But, like, it's just like... That's crazy. See, that's another thing. I, I want to see a Joker remake where he goes crazy because of that. Because <laughs> of Drake and Job. He sees a Drake and Job and so he's They're like, Bruce! You want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> Nickelodeon Studios, 2005. <laughs> hey, well, that's, he's just like, you, that, that story's a lie. You call me a liar? I'm not calling you a truth. <laughs> Hug me, brother! <laughs> Oh man, and I'm just gonna uh, sell it. Here was a humble brag, real quick. Mm-hmm. Actually, I got to work with the uh, producer of Drake and Josh. We did a Punky Brewster revival pilot. Oh, really? Nice. <laughs> yeah. Which wait, which producer? Oh uh, shit. Oh um, no, I was gonna say it wasn't Dan Snyder or Dan Schneider, right? Uh, might have been. One of the was he like this 
Because I just remember one of the producers like got very famously Me Too. He was like, yeah, that, that, I think that was no. Dan Schneider. Yeah, he's like a total. He was creep. like the big cheese at Nickelodeon, and I'm then he go like, with got, no, because okay. he was working for us. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, it, yeah, you'd be working for him if it was him. Yeah. Uh, well, you no, no, no. Sorry. Uh, yes, but no, not. Uh, God, I put. Alright, well, then it wasn't him. That's yeah. all that matters. I was, like, I was just this this curiosity. I was like, oh shit. I was like, oh no. Um, but I don't know. But Rook, here's my question, because I know, I know my opinion on it, but with the Joker, how do you guys feel about the uh, negative reaction that kind of accuses the movie of glorifying him? What do you think of that? Yeah. If it glorifies him or if it makes him so, an anti-hero? My thing with movies, violent video games, anything like that, it desensitizes. Desensitizes. It doesn't encourage. Yeah. I think, you know, guns and killing in video games and violent movies desensitize you, but they don't encourage you. Nah. Like, I, don't I, think, I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, like, it, it bothers me that people think, and, like, obviously most people say, if that person was going to start shooting up a room, he would have done it anyways. Like that's, yeah, exactly. That's a chemical imbalance. That's a mental illness issue you and have I, beforehand. Or you're just a really mad one. And I remember the controversy with Joker started before it came out. And that was a big yeah. um, talking point was this will inspire mentally ill people to do these things. It's like they're going to do it anyway. Well, and my yeah. thing is, like, if a movie's going to push yeah. you to do that, then you were going to do it anyway. Exactly. It's I mental mean, illness is not a It's play. a well-founded concern where it's like, all right, so we have, we're making a Joker movie now. He's clearly going to be the protagonist. Mm. The classical rules of screenwriting say that you're supposed to identify and root for the protagonist. Mm. I know the protagonist is a brutal serial killer who dresses up yeah. like a clown. Is that the kind of person we want to be vilifying? Yeah. You know, it's the same way people get uncomfortable about you know documentaries about like ted bundy where people keep talking about how like hot and charismatic yeah. he is and it's what like man why are you guys all thirsty for ted bundy like <laughs> have you he was seen a horrible him? serial killer mm. yeah yeah but those abs but yeah <laughs> i digress i i totally agree though that like yeah i think if you were if you already had if all it takes is a movie to make you want to go out and commit crimes. Like, you definitely have bigger problems. Yeah, it wasn't the movie's fault. Yeah, right? yeah, like... Because, I mean, that's the thing. is like, Because you know, we all try to be, you know, I think we're slowly accepting mental illness, but making a comment that a movie's going to inspire it is shows that absurd. we still don't understand it. Yeah, and also, it. I think... My thing is, I, I think just because a movie's about something doesn't mean it's encouraging or supporting that thing. Well, like, yeah. When people said, oh, yeah, the Joker yeah. is... Is uh, you know this is a movie that supports incels that go up and shoot yeah. people, and to me that that felt like saying, oh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is inspiring people in Texas to kill people with chainsaws. Like, yeah, it's about yeah. that, but it's not saying, hey, everybody, go do this. Yeah, it's a movie. It's I mean, the plot. Yeah, I think the only, the one thing I've heard was, and it's so such a fucking stretch. But uh, what was it? When Men in Black came out, the, mm -hmm. uh, the amount of pugs being adopted like increased exponentially. Oh, really? So like, well, I can you it, blame them? But in the, <laughs> that's another thing. I forgot what movie it was, but there was like a PSA out, and it was like, hey, if you're gonna buy a German Shepherd, like they need six miles a day, like they're because the movie might encourage people. Well, yeah, and that was yeah. their thing was like, if you're going to adopt a dog, like understand what it comes with, and like, yeah. but it's just like. 
I think it's much easier to convince someone to adopt the dog than mass murder. But yeah. like, I feel like that was like the correlation people were trying to make, and it's like ah, it's yeah. a stretch. Like, yeah, definitely like a stretch. it's easy to watch 101 Dalmatians and be like, I should get a Dalmatian. Yeah. Dalmatians yeah. are tight. Yeah. Then to be like, man, I should shoot up Gotham City. <laughs> Shooting up Gotham City would be tight. <laughs> Man, I should kill James Corden. <laughs> James Corden is not tight. <laughs> oh god. Oh, oh man, but that, that that it's it's interesting to see where that comes. But my my always point has always been like, well, when American History X came out, how many fucking skinheads started coming out of the ground? Like, yeah, that didn't inspire shit because it's mm-hmm. like you will get raped if you kill people. Like, yeah. Like, You'll get raped in prison. You're going to yeah. get raped. I don't well, care. Well, also, you're raped. um, when I watched the Joker, nothing. Ab- we can spoil shit, right? Yeah. Oh, nothing oh. about I'm it. I'm putting it a, a spoiler warning on this. Oh, okay, perfect. Well, I think everyone has seen it. First, thank you for listening. It's rare enough to for who's listening to this, but to find someone who's listening to this and hasn't seen the Joker. It's like, wow, you're not even in our market. Bro, like, <laughs> your effort alone to find us is, I'm just, I'm If there is I'm somebody listening to this right now that started this episode thinking, you know, I'm unsold on this Joker movie. Let's hear the boys pitch it to yeah. me. Yeah. We're sorry if you're still listening and did not turn us off. Yeah. The second we mentioned spoilers. We're, we're <laughs> sorry if you're a James Corden fan also. He yeah. seems wonderful. Yeah. But uh, please tweet at us. Uh, <laughs> but um, fuck, what was I gonna if history's ever taught. Oh, I was gonna say when I was watching the movie, like nothing about it to me felt like it was glorifying him or making him seem like a, cause that could be where like oh they're gonna make him seem like some badass villain. But like I say, he wasn't a badass. He was kind of he was pathetic. He was dumb. Yeah. He was socially Man. awkward. He was just but especially when he uh killed his mom that was the moment where i was like okay this movie clearly isn't trying to glorify him. yeah we're watching him kill his mom we're what you were watching a man descend into madness and like yeah and like, it's and, supposed to make you yeah. uncomfortable and be yeah, yeah. creepy but you're, you're not, not supposed, supposed to be like, to like that him. guy's awesome exactly the sympathy you, don't like you have him. for him is supposed to erode away over the course of the film I and think. i think the sympathy you have for him is supposed to make you uncomfortable yeah, during the yeah. times where I felt bad for him, yeah. I felt weird about feeling bad for him. I'm like, where the fuck do I feel Same bad for him? Yeah, yeah. And I think that was the point. It's yeah. just a very uncomfortable movie. And, you know, here's the thing, too, that I was just thinking about. Like, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, this movie is going to inspire, you know, like, you know, incels to shoot up things. But I think it's almost like the opposite. Like, this movie is trying to examine... How a person like that comes into being, you know what it, I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, what are the conditions, you know, both at home and in society that would drive somebody to a place like that? Like, I don't think anyone wakes up in the morning and is like, you know, it, this would be a great day to shoot up a school. Yeah. Like, it shows what creates There's a always like a that. slope, yeah. And it's creepy, but yeah. I think that's why it's an uncomfortable movie. And the, but the thing that was like, what happened to him? I mean, despite the psychosis and being related to rich, possibly rich people, and going insane, is 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 that structure of you know what is it like? Any programs getting canceled? I mean, Chicago, where you and I live, you know, the homeless population was rampant, and it's oh, because yeah. six of the yeah, it was like no, no, it's five of the six mental hospitals 
we're just shut down. And they're yeah. just, we're like, we can't take care of you. And there are people the that just straight up need to be in mental hospitals. Well, they, well, it's, it's sad, yeah. but the, no, there are people that just need psychiatric help. They need support. Or things yeah. like this happen. Exactly. And so it's just like, and obviously this is an extreme, but that's what every movie should yeah. be. Well, I want to watch the guy who gets kicked out of social services and just kind of has a shitty life. Like, yeah, it has a mildly shitty well, life. Exactly. That's a boring like, movie. We, we have to bring it to that extreme because that's what movies are, is everything yeah. elevated. It's well, elevated. And I think yeah, yeah. what made this Joker scary, among a lot of things, was uh, it felt like someone that could exist in real life. Like, Heath Ledger's Joker was still the best and terrifying, but it felt, you know, it didn't feel like a real person you'd ever meet. Like, oh, this yeah. just felt like some dude that might have gone to your school or yeah. you go to work with and to me that's creepy yeah and it just i mean it just takes one violent action to inspire a movement yeah I mean, we've seen it in history and shit mm-hmm. and this is just playing on that oh yeah and, and I, one point i wanted to make about the violence in the movie like i know a lot of people were talking about it and you know it's weird the violence feels a lot more real in the Joker because it just yeah. feels so grounded. Like, yeah, exactly. The, yeah, the, it never felt like stylized violence. Like, no, it was, yeah. But Stuff like it, John no. Wick or Mortal Kombat, you know, have higher body counts by far. Yeah, but they don't but feel as violent. They don't feel as violent because, yeah, all the violence is super cartoony. Like, it's mm-hmm. almost laughable and stuff like Mortal Kombat. Yeah. You know, they have stuff John like, you know, Wick's ripping the guy's spine yeah. out or... You know, tearing the person's yeah, the head off and using it as a puppet. Like, that's, yeah, that's almost, you know, it's cartoony. It's like Looney Tunes levels at that point. But in Joker, you know, it's just single gunshots in empty rooms. Yeah, like, people then, realistically yeah. falling over. Yeah, it's, it's like, super creepy. And the closer it gets to reality, the more uncomfortable it makes you because you're like, oh, this is not like... You know, I'm going to check out and watch Keanu Reeves be a badass for an yeah. hour and a half. This is like, holy shit, this could happen, like, tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, like, it's kind of that uncanny valley, obviously, instead of seeing a face, but something's just close enough to real. And yeah, yeah. You know it's not. Um, what, what were your theories in the movie about what was real and what wasn't? I don't think any of it was real. I yeah. think the joke that she wouldn't get was that whole movie. I like that theory. I, 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 I don't know what I believe, but that's an awesome theory. The one theory I have is uh, whether if some of it is real, I do think the part at the end where he's standing on top of the cop car and it's kind of this Christ imagery and everyone's cheering him on, I think that definitely didn't happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that was in his head and him yeah. like immortalizing himself that he's this badass now. Well, and one thing I noticed, um, obviously we know the date was fake with the one chick. Cause obviously oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But... Um, and I gotta watch the movie again. I've been playing, and you—you've seen it a couple times now. Um, the guy who introduces him on the mic, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, but he just might be another black dude with a beard. <laughs> is the guy at the diner they go to after? Oh, wow! I, I don't know. I gotta rewatch it because I if thought so, it was the same dude. If so, that's brilliant. And I think so, but obviously, like it's either a brilliant movie or we're racist. <laughs> we're about to find I'm, out. It's probably because I'm racist. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> What's what's that Avenue Q song? Everyone's just a little <laughs> bit racist. Well, you know what's interesting is the comedians in that movie at Gotham Comedy Club are real comics. Yeah. It's uh, Sam Morrill and Gary Goldman. Yeah. Which I thought was... I was watching, I was like, Gary Goldman's in this? And then Mark Maron shows up, and I keep forgetting... Oh, the yeah, guy. Why was Mark Maron in that? <laughs> and he's like, I love how he's the voice of reason, like... Yeah, he's like Jewish the only guy like, this is weird. And <laughs> and clowns killing people, like... 
What do you so, know? Political my ass. Don't let him on the fucking yeah, TV show. I wasn't show. thinking about that, but there's something funny about a, about like a violent comic book movie where Mark Maron plays the one voice of reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I would have loved to hear uh, a Mark Maron podcast after that. Like, I, honestly, I just let him fucking shoot himself. Like, he, he, might, he might as well commit fucking suicide. You let a clown on your stage and you don't think that's going to happen? Well, did you think was going to happen? Just <laughs> <laughs> But that does bring up uh, an interesting influence uh, that I haven't heard talked about much, but um, when I found out about it, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. Um, it was also really inspired, especially the stuff with the talk show by this movie from the 80s called Network. I still need to see that. Uh, yeah, yeah. So in Network, basically, um, and it was also adapted into a Black Mirror episode for people who were like, that was also Black Mirror. But... Um, so there's a host of a news show, and he has a breakdown on air, and he just loses it, and he starts railing off about his bosses. He's like, this is a vapid network. We don't talk about the news. We don't talk about the issues. All we care about is making money, and I'm sick, and I'm tired of it. And he becomes like super popular based on having this breakdown, and instead of getting fired... They go, we want you to have your own show, and you just rant about stuff all the time. And so this guy just goes on TV every night, and he rants about the system and corruption and how, like, greedy his bosses are. And then the camera's cut. <laughs> no, they oh. show all of it because he is the highest rated show on the network. Yeah, I've heard that's a really So by movie. calling them out, he is making them, you know, millions upon millions of dollars. And you can definitely see the influence of that, you know, in the Joker movie where they're like, yeah, we're going to put this guy on TV because, you know, he did the 80s equivalent of going viral. Now, yeah. I don't know what kind of fucking comedy club in the 80s tapes your set and sends it to local Tapes your open movies. mic set. <laughs> but, yeah, regardless, like, I think that's a really interesting idea to put in there and... Yeah, Network, man. That's like an underrated classic, I think. Like, I gotta go watch Network now, I think. I really want to watch it. Well, yeah. Have you seen 15 Million Credits? Or Yeah. I uh, love the it. That's Black the Black Mirror episode, episode. Oh, yeah. I fucking love that episode. I just love Black Same Mirror. basic premise, different execution. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, but yeah. I, everything's a ripoff of everything. <laughs> I know, it's all coming yeah. full circle. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I remember showing, and this is kind of on a tangent, but I remember showing my students that that opening scene or the opening scenes and if you notice they don't see a single word of dialogue when they establish that whole world it's brilliant and it's just like that is and it, like that's black mirror every first 10 15 minutes is introducing you to this world and the rules and yeah that's, and I really just, uh, seamlessly oh i know and that was i mean and that's the one thing with oh man like you said like you guys said with like realistic deaths it was, we, I mean, the rules are very obviously real life. And I always mm -hmm. feel like every movie, especially a superhero movie or comic book movie, however you want to call it, has to establish rules. Yeah. Or any sci-fi movie yeah. also. It was, oh, yeah. I mean, because there's things where it's just like, you can be way too strong. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, if you've never, and like, yeah. Which I, 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 so obviously like, I feel like this was a pickup shot is him walking to stay, uh, walking into that club mm. and looking up at the TV oh, just yeah. to establish that they Ooh, record. They tape. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Smart. My friend said something interesting, and I agree with him. Do you, you know, so after he shoots Robert De Niro, and yeah. uh, he, like, walks up to the camera and goes, that's life, and then the screen goes fuzzy and please stand by. My friend 
it was Grant actually said they should have ended the movie right there. Oh, I'm like, yeah. that would have been fucking awesome. Because that would have been such a jarring ending. If I was watching oh, the movie and it ended yeah. right there, I would have been like, what the fuck? I do That would have been a great ending. That would have been a great ending. I do love the ending they have yeah. where it makes you question that it was all yeah, made up. Yeah. I just love him running around. It's, yeah. it is, it is just. It's classic Joker, it's, but yeah. also well, like, totally in character yeah, well, for this version of mm-hmm. him too. <laughs> it's just running around in an insane asylum, like, but having fun with it. Yeah. Oh, Sinatra plays. Exactly. It's just, uh, That's life. That's all that people say. I will say also, the scene with the, uh, Midget not being able to open the lock Dude. was like so unexpected. It's not oh, that funny of a movie until then. And so I was dying. And I felt and you know so bad about right it. Right before that scene? <laughs> yeah, he kills his other friend. Wait. Yeah, no, there was a scene about- where his co workers come, the, the little person, I you, forget no, no, his name, and then no, the other guy. No, no, the no right guy, before yeah. that whole debacle, that's when he realizes he's like, I'm in a comedy. He says that line that you get. Yeah. And then we literally oh, watched I the didn't even, funniest fucking moment in the movie. I didn't. That didn't even register to me. For wow, me, that's, that's when brilliant. It, that movie became a dark comedy when he realized he was in a dark Ooh, comedy. Oh shit! See, that's, that's what I liked. I didn't it. even. Yeah, and the that movie must have is been on psyche purpose. driven. Oh yeah, yeah, that whole movie is psyche driven. Of what we see and what the rules are is all in his. Because even yeah, even after he says my life is a comedy, that whole scene leading up to the the little person not being able to open the door, There's, it's really fucked up and uncomfortable, but there's a few darkly funny parts. Like yes. when he's when he's like got the clown makeup on, and they're like, are you all right? And he's like, are you working? You got ma- the clown makeup on. He's like, no, my mom's dead. I'm celebrating. And yeah. just how casually he says it, you're like, oh, God. Uh, and he's just like shirtless the whole time. Yeah. Too, but he's got the clown makeup yeah. on. Oh, my God. Uh, I just feel like a lot. I feel, I, I'm so curious. I would love to read this script. Because I definitely feel like Joaquin was just like, let me be shirtless for a minute. And like, yeah. He's like, if I lost a hundred pounds for this movie, I better be shirtless in it. Well, he t- he fucking made choices. And like, I'm yeah. all like, way to swing for the fucking fences. And like, Absolutely. But it was just like, whoa. Like, I feel like director's kind of like, keep rolling that camera, see what happens. <laughs> like, I feel like there's a few moments in like that where it's just like, yeah, no, speaking of uh, the writer and director, Todd Phillips, man, I think is the unsung hero of this movie. Like, who would have thought that the guy that made The Hangover had this in him? Like, yeah. You know, and it was, it's Bradley Cooper that actually said it. He's like, if you, like, he feels that comedy is the hardest thing. And he's like, and it bothers me. Because I think after he, you know, he's holding his award for fucking Silver Lining Playbook. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, it bothers me that it took a drama for me to get one of these. He's like, yeah. he's like, I feel I work so much harder on my comedy. And That's interesting, just, and I, I think I could kind of agree with that. I think it takes a. I mean, you guys both. I mean, I'm comedians. saying that as a comedian, so it's say, a really narcissistic answer. <laughs> yeah, so like, you know yeah. what? He's right. But I mean, he's right. Well, I, I do really work hard. hard. I do work hard. I work harder than Bradley Cooper. But yeah. I'm just saying, I feel so like the amount of TED Talks. Right. You better give me a fucking Oscar. <laughs> But I'm just saying, like, the amount of TED Talks, I think, is finally caught up with the amount of comedy specials that are yeah. out. Like, just so quickly. Because, I mean, as long as you just don't freak out on fucking stage, you can have a great speech. Yeah. But to have a great speech and make people laugh, it there's mm. talent there. It's, well, it's yeah. mathematical. It's fluid. It's insane. And uh, back to Todd Phillips, one interesting thing, uh, if you rewatch the Hangover movies. Now, I love the first Hangover, Hangover movie. The sequels suck, but I, I, I will still defend the first one. But... If you watch those movies, even the sequels, they're very, very cinematic for comedies. Like you oh, could tell yeah. Todd Phillips is someone that wanted to make blockbusters. 
because they're very they're not shot like normal comedies they're yeah, shot yeah, yeah. like thrillers which yeah. is really interesting it's just really interesting too the way Todd Phillips always kind of regarded himself he was just like oh yeah I just make like little screwball comedies like he doesn't even call them films it always says a Todd Phillips movie yeah. and then finally a Todd Phillips film with the Joker I do love like I remember after the Joker came out and everyone loved it he was like yeah I don't do comedies anymore because people got too PC and I'm like wait 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 so the whole time you were making like, the Joker, you were like, man, I wish the snowflakes would get off my back so I could make the hangover phone. Instead, I gotta do fucking Joker. He's got, like, Oscar buzz, and he's like, I gotta make this trash because the snowflakes will hate due date part two. Electric boogaloo. I can't do what I really want anymore. Now I have to tell emotional stories about damaged men. <laughs> But which honestly, not funny. <laughs> which honestly, if you watch any Todd Phillips comedy, they're kind of like Joker in that they're all stories about damaged men. Yeah, yeah, like the exactly. Hangover is about damaged men. Old school is about damaged men. Due date. They're all kind of about like man children that can't handle life in some way. So the Joker is almost just like a fucked up version of his go-to formula. So, speaking of, obviously, Todd Phillips and sequels, how would you sequelize it? You know, I don't... All the buzz of a sequel, I hope there's not, because I feel like a sequel would ruin it because it would have to explain what was real and what wasn't. I feel like this is perfect without a sequel. If I were to sequelize it, I don't know. That's a really good question. Maybe, and this is just maybe, maybe introduce a little bit of, say... An origin where it continues the Joker story, but maybe the Riddler is in this one or something. Mm-hmm. I just think that would. I love the Riddler. Yeah. I I'm. I think he. I think. God, what's his name? Paul Dano. Yeah. Is playing the Riddler Fuck, in the new yeah. Batman movie. I'm psyched about that. He's perfect. I've wanted a new live action Riddler forever. But yeah, no, I think that's the... But how would you sequelize it? Now that you've said that we have to explain that movie, I was like, fuck, now I don't want to. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's fun to... Yeah, it's fun that you don't know what was real or not. Yeah. I mean, you could easily turn this into the killing joke and let him... I mean, you could let this guy... Because, ah, man, they, it would, they it would be hard. Yeah. Because you really need to, like, they need to have an established relationship, but I, I think he would be the one who could stumble into Barbara Gordon's office, not even knowing who she is, yeah. and just shoot her to kill her spine, mm-hmm. and not know, and then Batman's holding him, like, why? He's like, because you're just me. Like, I, yeah, like But I, then again, I don't know if one of people want to watch him, like you said, Mr. Magoo, his way through a movie. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think they could do a good job with the sequel yeah. if they make one, but... I think you can tell when you watch it that they weren't planning on a sequel. They definitely weren't planning on it. And it just on works it. on its own. I, I would be done for a sequel. Like, yeah, you would have yeah. to like explain it, but that's kind of the the burden of every yeah. sequel. Like, it has to continue what the original started. You know, some movies, I think, actually are brought down a peg just by being sequels. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just they don't have the freshness of the first movie like they can't use the mystique and the mystery that the first movie had that being said i went like i enjoyed yoheen phoenix's portrayal a lot and i like the world they built it in you know i know some people say that the scene where uh thomas and martha wayne die 
is a little like on the nose and tacked on. I thought on. that was I, a little on the nose. I actually liked it. I was like, oh, that's fun enough to kind of like tie this more into the Batman. Yeah. But if we get mythos. more one shots like this, I'm all in. Yeah. Because that's the thing is, if rather than a sequel, if this inspires more one shot stories for them to absolutely. Because I mean, look at DC Inc. Now, like they've got, and so this is a whole new series I've just started getting uh, looking at. Like you've got. Catwoman as like a teenager facing depression now and shit and like they're really trying to like with this whole new series of like let's take our characters and ground them now and like let's give them mental illness I don't know yeah. what this is like but it's it's an interesting way to do it it's like you know what I would love to see uh, if they did it right would be a Joker-esque origin movie about Lex Luthor because uh, I feel like there's so much you could do with that on evil rich white man origin story oh like yeah. i feel like that's perfect for this time because well, i think know. what's yeah. super interesting uh did you guys see the uh this is slightly off topic but we'll get back in a second um do you guys see the wonder woman trailer not yet oh man i am very oh, excited yeah. for i like it. that Kristen wig is the villain yeah yeah well they're also gonna have uh pedro pascal isn't it he's uh gonna be maxwell lord and so he's like a deep cut, deep, deep cut comics character. Yeah, I don't know who that is. He was kind of like the um, like the Nick Fury to the Justice League. Like he was like their financial oh. backer uh, slash best friend slash shady person. Um, but in the comics, they kind of reinvented him to make him more of a straight up villain mm -hmm. in the vein of Lex Luthor and his whole thing is that he thinks superheroes are too dangerous and unpredictable, and he is the only man who can protect humanity from them. And I'm um, like, if you put this guy against, pa uh, not Patty Jenkins, uh, she's the director, against Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman in the 80s, that's a really fucking interesting... Is he the villain in it? He's the villain oh, in it, okay. yeah. And Kristen Wiig yeah. is going to be Cheetah, which... Makes sense, because I, I like Cheetah as a character. Don't know if she could carry an entire movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I gotta um, watch the trailer. So yeah, to bring this, I guess, back to uh, back to Joker. Do we have any final thoughts? Do we think that we should see any more stuff with this Joker? Like, if they were gonna bring the Joker back to fight Batman in a new Batman movie, what do you think? Should it be Joaquin Phoenix, or should they cast somebody new and go with a whole new take? If if they do that, I think a hundred percent Joaquin Phoenix, just because. Even though I think a sequel could be a bad idea, I think he was so amazing as the Joker that I'd be excited just to see more of him as the Joker. He would need to be and I a think, lot more. Like, I'm right yeah. there with you. I'd love to see... I would love to watch Joaquin Phoenix tell him the joke. The two... Like, the two... Yes. Two insane people in the light. Yeah, the flashlight. Yeah. I would fucking pay money just for that one mm -hmm. scene. But, like, I also paid money to watch Killing Joke just so I could listen to Kevin Conroy laugh at the <laughs> end of that. But, like, I would kill for that scene. But, like, he, I don't know. I mean, that's the one thing about this is, like, and you, you really put nail on the head. It's just, like, I, I feel, you know, because the Joker and Batman are the same person. And it's just, this city's fucked up. We have very different executions on how to handle that. Yeah. And that's what I love about it. And it's just, like... I would love to do it because I think we'd finally get that moment of like, and people say it like, "Oh, he's a crazy man in a bat costume." He's a fucking nut job. Like, yeah, we need to acknowledge to that. Explore like, that. Yeah, a movie that really, really acknowledges that Batman's crazy. It's just as fucking crazy, and that's what I love about the joke. It's a joke about two insane people being told to two insane people, and that's yeah. what I loved about it. Is 
we're nuts and it's and it's that's what I loved and like that's the beauty of the, I feel like that story and it took me a few reads to really like latch onto that idea of I was like oh but I I just I think this series would really show the insane psyche that is Batman. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting if they did a trilogy where we watch now young Bruce wake up or grow up in this world of clowns and like this weird movement and yeah. like now your dad and like I would love for him and then you know maybe the third movie the Joker's like your dad was an awful fucking person like I don't know who told you mm-hmm. but your dad's a terrible yeah. person well, like, I knew is, your father this like, just made me think I think if they did make more Joker movies and involve the Batman I think the way to make it work would to make this Batman way crazier than the other movie Batmans oh, yeah. like oh, to really yeah. lean into how fucked up he is well, and yeah. make him clearly unstable that I think I'd could say work. that would be the logical next step. Like if they were to do a sequel, and I'm sure they're thinking about yeah. it because it made so much money at the box office, most profitable R-rated film of all time. <laughs> but yeah, I think Batman would be the logical next step. Like just to see him as a foil to Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. Like you'd probably have to do some sort of tinkering with both characters and possibly the timeline to make it work. Mm-hmm. But I think it would all be worth it just to see. Yeah. That particular showdown. But I think if... Because if, I was like, oh, Joe, Joaquin Phoenix would be so fucking old. I was like, well, maybe he's finally grown up to start planning. And maybe he's not executing everything. Yeah. But then we finally get that scene between him and the Joker. I'm like, why are you doing this? He's like, because you just don't get it. Well, maybe how throughout the Joker, he's not really the Joker until the end. Yeah. Maybe in the sequel, you don't... Bruce Wayne isn't Batman until the ending. Oh well, like yeah. it ends with him becoming Batman. Yeah. That could be cool. Well, then, then that would be yeah, exactly, and like I think, but we just need, and we just need to watch him go insane for yeah. different reasons. And his, and that's the thing is, they're both insane. It's just their execution is very fucking different. exactly. And because him being insane, like going way too hard in like a martial arts or like some, mm-hmm. just like him not like there is a point of him that he's always fighting because that's what he always says is like when he, like Dick Grayson's or no, when he, it's uh, it's it's Red Hood. Because Jason's like, don't tell me you wouldn't fucking kill him when you had a chance. And he goes, I want to every day. Because yeah, that's the that's hardest great. battle fight. I, like, mm-hmm. I fight is not killing him. Mm-hmm. He's like, because if I go there, I'll never go back. And like, that's the thing is like, he. I think he also knows he's just as... Because that's the thing is, he's a genius, but he's also fucking nuts. But he might yeah. just be smart enough to realize there's a point of no return and I can't go there. And it might not just there's be... Some, yeah. Maybe it's because I always thought, that, like, yo, he's just code. I don't believe the guns. I think it's... I'm going to turn into him if I shoot somebody. And there's something really brilliant and terrifying about that. About the idea that Batman doesn't kill because he knows that if he did, he'd just want to kill more. Like, that's that's, a, that's really creepy. That's I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no that's longer. That's the equivalent yeah. of be, being like, I can't have one beer. I will wake up tomorrow yeah. in a pile of Corona. Yeah, <laughs> it would need to be that version of Batman. It would need to be the, the murderous one that's just filled with unstable rage. If yeah. they put... Batman in a sequel to this. Yeah, I think that would be yeah exactly. We need it. Oh, Batman. that would be excellent. Where yeah. Joe Chill's gun is no longer the symbol of crime in Gotham; it's the symbol of his fragile sanity. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Or now, I guess I don't know if that's still Joe Chill. Obviously, I don't. Joe Chill sounds well, he like he wasn't the name. very chill to begin with. Yeah. I, <laughs> I was gonna say Joe Chill sounds like the name of of an awful SoundCloud rapper. <laughs> yeah. Yo, this is Joe Chill on the mic. <laughs> Guys, I got a great idea for rap name. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I think. Oh, man. Yeah. Guys, all right, we're going to go write this movie now. Uh, all right. Yeah, let's do it. Well, Joe Chill the movie. Before we wrap it up here, uh, Drew, is there anything you'd like to plug? 
Uh, my articles on the DJ booth, I write comedic rap articles. Oh. And uh, yeah, satire articles for this rap site. And uh, follow me on Twitter, Mr. Drew Landry. And I think that's it. All right, guys. Well, it's time for us to uh, register Joe Chill, the SoundCloud rapper, and begin <laughs> doing those hot bars. <laughs> we will see you kids later. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>